Yo, it's the real truth, man. I say podcast. We're coming at y'all virtually today as we await results on COVID-19 testing. Yes, yeah, DJ Rain checking in. Uh, got a whole lot of shit we didn't get into. I still want to address why uh, everybody is not meant to be a podcaster. And uh, hey. we'll go into that shortly. But uh, Willie, go ahead and let them know about this new single we're about to go ahead and get into. Yeah, it's uh, it's Hillside Buddha. What's the name of it again? It's uh, Love Suicide. Yeah. Bitch, you broke my heart just one too many fucking times. Hold on, I'm in my feelings right now. Bitch, you broke my heart just one too many fucking times. Yeah, got me thinking homicide. Bitch, you broke my heart just one too many fucking times. Yeah, dead to me while you're alive. Bitch, you broke my heart just Times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bitch, you broke my heart just one too many fucking times. Yeah, committed love suicide. Bitch, you broke my heart just one too many fucking times. Now you dead to me. Bitch, don't call my phone for support. Can't get no bread from me. Even if you was on your deathbed, couldn't get no press from me. And if you was a nigga for a minute, you'll catch these hands from me. I hear selling pussy for some change, giving up here for free. All the shit for these lames you couldn't do for me I was out here grinding, trying to make a way for you and me Bitch, I was out here grinding, trying to make a way for you and me Them niggas that you fucking, they just workers, they ain't bosses Told myself I wouldn't catch feelings, I met her, I Randy Monster See them niggas in your DM, I blacked out, I fucking lost it Wanna put my hands on you, but I didn't cause that's your loss, my heart just one too many fucking times Yeah, got me thinking homicide Bitch, you broke my heart just one too many times yeah dead to me while you're alive bitch you broke my heart just one too many fucking times yeah 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 bitch you broke my heart just one too many fucking times yeah committed love suicide bitch you broke my heart just one too many fucking times i'm catching flight and on your text just because you see me up don't try to tell them i'm your ex i can't wait to hit the ground and stand on you with my next thought this dream was just low i know you see no, you thought I wasn't gon' make it to get this ice around my neck No, you thought I wasn't gon' make it from a Honda to a jet They treat me like a marriage, I done went and got a chick I done turned myself in porn, you gotta treat me with respect And them niggas, you still fuckin', they just workers, they ain't bosses Try to hit my line for favors, I don't answer when they callin' See, your life is still the same, I'm on go and used to stallin' It's a hard pill to swallow to see me motherfuckin' ballin' my heart just one too many fuckin' times Suicide, bitch, you broke my heart just one too many fucking times. Yeah, I swear to God, I thought this love. Yo, that was a uh, hillside Buddha. Name of the song was uh, Love Suicide. Um, I gotta keep it real on this. I, I heard the hook, man. I really couldn't hear the song, so I can't judge it. All I say is thanks for your submission, homie. I'm gonna have to go with Rain's opinion on this one because he done heard the song. I, I couldn't really hear it. I like it. Hey. I like the subject matter of it. I like the family. I think 
I think in this day and age, it's a whole lot of, I mean, because it used to be, I just think it's dope. I used to be back in the day, it's like women would be singing about how you broke my heart, you broke my heart. But women are savages now. Women don't give a fuck. Women are niggas in the sense that they demand shit, they expect shit, and they don't give a fuck. So I think it was kind of catchy. He made the song like, yo, you broke my heart too many fucking times. Like, I gotta, I gotta do something else. You know, so I think a lot of dudes can relate to that. Um, so, yeah, I'm gonna stamp it. You know, shout out to Hillside Buddha. And, you know, shout out to DJ Montana. He the one who sent me a song, you know. So, Carolina is a pushing the Carolina artist. It's a good thing. Shout out Hillside. Shout out uh, fucking uh, Shot by Major. Major run with them. That's Street Capital. So, shout out to all niggas, man. Keep pushing. Um, and listen, we're not going to quit the foot round with you. We're going to get right down in the business. But like we said, man, we uh we we came in contact with that COVID shit, getting tested for that. Well, we done got tested, just waiting on the results. Um, shout out to our homie. Uh, she said that you know uh she put up that she had it. Shout out Low from Loose Lips Podcast. Um, I hollered at her earlier. She's not doing really well, but she in good spirits. Um, so. Hey man, we praying for you. We thinking about to get well soon. You dig? But um, yeah, get better, low. I feel like a lot of people feel like, oh, that shit ain't shit, and then all of a sudden something happened to somebody, or you know somebody's died related to COVID, and then people are just like, damn. But it still don't sink in. Like this is serious. Nigga, I could tell you how people don't think that's that's uh, shit is shit. Uh, when we went and got tested, I put up a story, right? about, you know, make sure you take this shit serious, respect other people. Now, normally, if I put up a story, nigga, it's mad people watching that shit. But you can tell if it's something motherfuckers don't want to hear because it was four parts to the story. They watch, like, the first one, and then they don't watch the rest of them. And that be the people who I done had conversations with that be like, ah, man, that shit ain't that serious. Y'all motherfuckers out y'all rabbit-ass mind. I pray that don't shit happen to y'all and none of your loved ones. But if you think this shit a fucking joke, keep playing around, niggas. Y'all niggas is dumb. But um, anyway, like I said, we getting right in. Anderson gonna pick this up because he was supposed to pick it up last week, but he say he didn't get all that shit. And I had posted it on the on the site. Podcasting is the new everybody rap. The fuck y'all niggas doing? Everybody got a fucking podcast, man. Uh, here's what I'll say. And, um, there's a lot of dope podcasts and everybody who's a new podcaster isn't a bad podcaster. I think that's dope. Keep doing it. Hell, you know, more people picked up a basketball, more people picked up a football, more people picked up a mic. So, but here's some core things, man. Here's some of the things and the reasons that we got into podcasting. When we would just sit and talk our shit, people encouraged it. People would laugh. People wanted to be involved or just <clears throat> here. Like these would be like our kicking it living room conversations or kickback conversations. And people would want to engage in that shit. People would want to give their opinion, but they really also wanted to hear what we had to say about that subject for whatever reason, which was a good thing. So it should be, I feel like a natural progression from, 
people want to hear what you have to say in the first place on a wide range of subjects. People want to know what your opinion is on this. Like they'll have a subject and be like, yo, is I want to know your take. Yo, Rain, I want to know your take. You know, uh, Murray, what you think about this? Like people engaged us prior to us even thinking about doing this at a podcast level. And then Iz was like, hey, nigga, we, we can do a podcast. We ain't got to do anything different. And we literally didn't do anything different when we started. We would just, we didn't have a, a, a program. We didn't have a set group of events or conversations. We would get up in this motherfucker, sometimes be fucked up, a lot of times for me, and say whatever the fuck we felt about whatever the fuck came up. Because it was organic and it was popping. And we still got love. And, of course, as times changed, we added more structure. But that was, like, those core elements. Like, if somebody don't want to hear you talk right now, like, if nobody wants to talk to you, if people don't find your conversation engaging, like, because it can be, you know, it could be a motherfucker you like. It could be a motherfucker you don't like. That Those things happen. But there's certain people you like and dislike that can engage you. And that's when you know you've really got somebody who's really engaging you. Like, if you like, I don't like this motherfucker. But, you know, even with their music, I don't like this motherfucker, but he got a hit. Or, I don't like this nigga, but he got a good-ass point. Or, I don't agree with that nigga, but that shit makes sense. Engaging people can do that at every level. So I think those are just, like, the core elements. Like, people don't want to talk to you. People not engaged in what you got to say. What makes you think taking this to a, to a podcast level is going to lend more success? No, that's all. That's all I got to say. Very, very, very well said. My cousin, shout out my nigga Trez. <laughs> nigga called me up was like, yo. First he said, hey, y'all need to get me on the podcast. That's the wrong way to talk to us, man. Like, because my first thing that I'm going to ask you is, well, what do you do that makes you feel like you need to come on the podcast? But I know him. He's my cousin, so I didn't need to ask him that because I know what he does. The nigga don't do shit. So I told a nigga. He was like, hey, yeah, man, I'm thinking about putting the podcast together. Don't do that shit, bro. Well, why not? Nigga, what do you do? You don't do shit on the daily. When we have conversations around as family, no one asks your opinion. If you do chime in, something niggas just overlook it. They don't even pay no attention to it. You're not funny. So I just didn't understand what he was going to be podcasting about. But it just showed me, man, people think this shit easy and anybody can do it. Like, you know what I mean? But... The difference is with this rap shit and this podcast and shit, nigga, y'all niggas got to understand. You can't, a nigga can just put on a hot beat and you can say anything on it and the, the music still go, people go fuck with the music off the beat. You get on that podcast and shit, nigga, you got to really be damn, got some content, engaging people and talking some shit. So, right. Again, it's cool if that's what y'all niggas want to do. Do your podcast, hey! But make sure you know where you are as a person because I'm just trying to focus on shit that niggas are not doing. That's what I want to do because now it's popular for niggas to do what other niggas doing. So I'm trying to focus on making sure 
I'm not hating and I'm not killing other niggas because that's really the only shit niggas ain't doing these days. Niggas is damn on boards, podcasting, uh, rapping, making beats, making t-shirts, bitches selling lashes, bundles, being makeup artists, goddamn all that shit, niggas. So let's do some shit niggas ain't normally doing. Like work on hate, not hating and not killing your fellow black person. And I'll leave it at that. And another thing about a song is a song might be, a long song is five minutes nowadays. The days of 12-minute songs are long gone for the most part. Mm-hmm. And there's only certain groups that I would even, you know, side note, there's only certain groups that I want to hear like a 12-minute song from. You have to be a jazz artist. You'd have to be like outcast. You have to be a group that just the musical presentation is going to just take me somewhere else. But it's hard to get a motherfucker to want to engage and listen to a three-minute song. Um, but the feedback you'll get will be sincere. People won't listen to your podcast. They'll listen to maybe a snippet, maybe five minutes. Be like, man, I checked y'all out. Y'all funny. It's harder to get more sincere feedback from a podcast perspective because the people who get it, they'll tell you specific portions of the podcast they listen to that made them engage. They'll tell you. Right. They'll talk about it. Other people will just say, man, that's dope. Keep moving. But it's like, nigga, I can tell you haven't listened one time. (laughs) Or like... Like, if I say, listen to this episode, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's cool. But, nigga, I was talking about you directly. Like, you would, if you heard it, it wouldn't have just been cool. You would have felt one way or another. So you can tell. So you got to really, you know, that feedback is going to be vague. It's going to be a whole lot of, if you put pushing for a podcast and you got a good product, you got to, you really got to have a firm belief in your understanding of your product and understanding of yourself. Because it's not going to be a lot of people giving you sincere feedback on what they don't like. So you means you're gonna have to tune yourself up to get better, and if you think you're the shit, you're not gonna tune yourself up. But I want to say one other thing, you and this is a segue, and I'm moving from this this topic though. The segue is you were talking about some of the same industries. Another thing I didn't talk about last week, and this was actually this is actually what I learned, and we didn't talk about what we learned last week. Uh, that whole hair, nail, um bundle industry uh manicure pedicure all of those are in the same area that's a two billion dollar industry right and, and this dude i i forgot his name I'm, I'm gonna probably try to look it up during the podcast and i'll just give a flashback it's a black dude now and now he's he's actually in the nail industry and he was talking about it he is getting bread and he was he was talking about like he, he got out of jail and he was like, he was, he was determined that he was going to hustle because he couldn't get a job with somebody, but he didn't want to sell drugs. He didn't want to hustle dope anymore. So he was looking at every, he was saying he tried a whole bunch of different shit, but then he just looked back and he peeped how, I don't remember if he just stumbled upon going in a nail store, if he was just observing the whole market, but he just saw how many women in a high demand and in every single every single complexion of the market of the economy women still want to get their nails done women don't even have to go out in public and they'll want to get their nails done their 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 hairs they they want to do these things these are just pampering uh practices that they love this nigga talked about the fears he was like he was afraid cuz he didn't want to be labeled as you know homosexual because that's that industry the industry is predominantly women uh, homosexual 
and and Asians. Like the Asian people run the beauty stores, like the whole stores. It's, it's not black people, but those are the primary customers. So he started penetrating that market, bro. I think he's got his. He was he started like doing nails. You know, he steals like a manicurist, and then like he's trying to get his own business, selling all of that shit. And he was like, the thing is, he was like, he was worried about how people would feel about him because he was like doing nails. But women loved him, dog, because he was the only man doing it. And if they wanted to be in there and and they get a man perspective while you have casual conversation with the person doing your nails. Now they got a black male to get that perspective from. And they love that. And that was also something that boosted his market. So I was like, you know, I learned basically to say this. You can't let stereotypes, man, block you from 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 a, a money opportunity. Like, just be it's a it's a market. And that's the great thing. I gotta give white people <laughs> and real shit. I gotta give white people props on this. White people, when they look at something, and it's and you can take the music industry, white people can look at a product that they may have zero relationship with like i can't relate to this music like i cannot relate to this takashi 69 but my kids do my 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 kids kids do and i see the target markets and the demographics of this i can make money here i want in white people are are, are i gotta give it to you on that one y'all are really good at that like you'll see it for what it is whether you like it or not you see the market for it. that's why a white person Maybe A and R for a genre of music that they fucking hate. They could be in heavy metal. They could be in. They could be in hip hop. They can be in jazz, and they don't give a shit about the music because they know numbers. They know markets. They know target segments. They know streams. They know demand. You feel me? Whereas black people, we got to be more passionate about it to get into it. A lot of times, I'm guilty of that. We, you're guilty. Of that. We go where our passions take us more than just like. Looking at the market and saying, okay, this is where the supply is lacking, this is where the demand is needed, and here's the marketing plan behind it. So that's what I that's what I learned. I thought that was dope. But I got deeper what, with it. What I learned too, it goes perfectly into what you were saying. I learned that, man, niggas have got low standards when it comes to what's viewed as homosexual in relation to money. Cause like that nigga doing nails. That, he ain't even got to worry about that shit. And here's the thing. It's kind of like we talked about, would you would you let a man braid your hair? You know what I'm saying? Right. It's the stereotypes. This could be a nigga who just, he nice with damn being a braid. Yo, and this nigga, this nigga look like, when I say he just got a jail, he looked like he just got, that nigga swole as fuck, bro. Tatted up. That don't be shit. Don't, don't be, be shit. the ones, nigga. <laughs> but anyway... That's how I learned, damn, a nigga asked me at the barbershop. Now, he was having a conversation with all these niggas asking them. And, of course, you know, niggas was just like, yeah, man, or, or nah. But they weren't really elaborating. The nigga asked me, they had Tyler Perry playing on and now. Why the fuck? I don't know. But he was like, hey, big homie, like, if, if they offered you uh Five million to dress up like a woman for a week. You wouldn't do that shit, bro. Cause he was telling everybody like he'll do it, and some niggas was saying. And I just shook my head. He was like, "Crazy, right? You'll do it?" I said, "Nah, bro. 
It's like I shook my head just realizing where the world is. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, and I don't know. You see, this is the thing. Like, I don't, the person who said he would do it, I don't know his, I don't know him. I don't know his social economic background. Me but neither. I, but hold on, but this is this is my this is what I naturally think. I think that your social eco, or economic background is not so low that that's your only means to get money. Like for me, because immediately because I play devil's advocate, it's just like a reflex. I just do that, and I, I think it's helped me to keep perspective on a lot of shit and keep my myself unbiased. Like. What would I have to be going through in order to say yes? Because my answer is no. I wouldn't do that shit. I'm not dressing up as a woman. You know, Eddie, right. Tyler, you know, um, you motherfuckers <laughs> have killed that. You know, uh, y'all, y'all, somebody else, you know, uh, Big my, that's Martin, you dressed up right. like, like old women. Y'all have killed it. I, I want to let it die. So for me to say that I need to do this, I have to be in a situation not only where I'm like assed out homeless. Cause I've been there and I still wouldn't do it. <laughs> Me personally, like my loved ones now have to be in such a, a position that they're also in a place where not only some of them are homeless, some of them now need money for for life altering sur- procedures, surgical procedures, without insurance. Mm. You know, like these are the things that'll be going through my mind as I say, hell no. Hell no, but when those check marks start adding up, once you get to that one, like, you know, uh, and you can imagine a loved one, just however you define it personally, a loved one, they need this surgery, they need this procedure, and now they're dying. And this is the means, the medium to make this money. And it's now, it's now, it's, now you start to look at it different. Now you're like, well, you know what? This is legal. I'm definitely not going to go to jail for this $5 million lick. You know, the people that are going to talk about me, I, I don't know because everyone who really knows me is going to know the real story of why I did it in that situation. And they will still be like, man, this is one of the realest niggas I know. And here's the reason why, because of this. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, and then most of society wouldn't give a fuck about another black man dressing up as a woman. It's already been done. But for right. me, those are the things that, those are the check marks that they, once they start mounting up like that, that would it would take something of that level of extreme to now I'm gonna decide from no to draw me over to the side of yes, I'm gonna dress up like a like a like a, a black woman or a grandma. Because I think what they're doing, and it's it's not it's not it's not a mystery. You're taking pieces we're selling the game. Like people who don't know anything about black culture except what they see on TV and movies, they feel like a picture has been painted so perfectly that they really understand what it's like in a Southern black home with the grandma there and the family there, or even a fam- a black family reunion or how families interact and dynamic. Like people think they get it fucked up because they see something that has examples that resonate with everybody because they put a lot of generalistic conflicts in these movies, right? That everyone can relate to. That's part of marketing. But these motherfuckers, they do this, and now they get the game fucked up. Like it's like almost like we're 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 selling something, which is cool, but the product isn't what we made. Like it's not like growing fruit. And now we go sell it. 
You know, like we make the product, we grow it, and then they they someone else markets it, brands it, puts emphasis on certain points, edits it, you know, which changes the game. You feel me? I feel you, man. I got us on live. Anybody who's joining the live, we do this shit anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Pull it over to the side and get this shit popping. But, hey, next shit, nigga. Uh, we get into that South Carolina news, man. What the fuck is wrong with Kanye, nigga? Hey. <laughs> this hey. motherfucker is wild, bro. Hey, you know hey. I play devil's advocate, right? Right. Oh, yeah. But keep going. Continue. But, uh, so Kanye fucking came to, uh, South Carolina. He was trying to get himself on the damn ballot, man. Austin, um, yeah. So he, he goes into the speech, man. And, uh, originally when Kanye said he wanted to run for president, I was telling people, I'm like, yo, man, Kanye is doing that spook who sat by the door type shit. Like, this is what he's doing. And if you hadn't read that book, check that book out. It's a book about how this black dude infiltrated the CIA and took them down from the inside out. So anyway, I'm like, I think Kanye, because he turned his back on Trump, said he wasn't fucking with Trump no more. So I, I think that's what that shit turned into. Then, nigga, this nigga goes down there and says, Harriet Tubman never really freed the slaves. <laughs> she just she just employed them with white people. She gave them the white people to work. <laughs> so basically he said Harriet Tubman was a temp service and she was getting motherfuckers jobs and shit. <laughs> like that's uh, she wasn't nobody. Yeah, man. I think I think I think I get I get what he was saying. But this is goes back to being an effect, an effective communicator. <laughs> I, I, this is what I, and this is just me. This is what I, this is what I took from it because he said some real shit in that. Real he shit. said some things that are like cardinal sins. Like if you're really trying to run for president and you're black, you can't right. say anything to negatively tarnish black historical heroes. You're right. not going to, like, you're not going to affect, your point will be lost. I, but I think the point of what he was trying to say, it shouldn't have been to diminish what Harriet Tubman did because she did actually free them. But <laughs> what the point is, what he's, what I think he was trying to say is, we were still, we were still slaves to a system. Even by transferring them, there were still white people employing providing ownership. The same thing that happened in certain parts of the South when, like, slaves were free, there was absolutely no other jobs. Yeah, you're free, but guess what? Now we're calling it sharecropping, and you're sharecropping this land, and you're getting paid, but it's so little money that you can barely survive anyway, and until you find a better job which is non-existent, you're going back and sharecropping more. So I think that's really what he was trying to bring about the point, and he... He, I, he would have made a brilliant point, but when he tied it back to what a black leader didn't do, as opposed to what the white system did do, he lost the point. Like, because if he would have talked about it from a systematic standpoint of 
the machine, if you will, or or the government being the machine, the government doing things that even when they said we were free, we still not free. And he can even tie it back to prison now. He could he could have tied that shit back to like look case in point, these jobs giving you just enough money to work, like we use with sharecropper example. He could have tied it back to, hey, you, know, you go to jail, that's that's slavery. They working you like a slave. And then now you're getting eight cents a day in some situations, or eight cents, no, eight cents an hour, you know, getting fucked up like no money, and you have to do this shit. Whatever they get contracted out to do, whether they want you to fucking pull weeds, plant cotton, cut trees, you know what I'm saying? Whatever the fuck they want you to do, you won't sing, and you're going to do it. You can't say no. You are, This is modern-day slavery. If he would have tied it all back to that, I think the nigga would have hit a motherfucking home run with his speech and he would have he would have because when you look at his audience he was people saying he gonna split the vote he gonna split the vote most of the people again like at every political event were white you know uh so <laughs> for real like and that's just the facts i mean mo- most when people have you know right are you shocked <laughs> historically and and new generation i shout out to the newer generations they're better they're doing much better but like our age and older motherfuckers weren't going to that shit Niggas still feel like politics don't, you know, don't fr- directly correlate to them. Niggas getting out of that mind frame. So Nigga, I didn't even know until a couple years ago what the colors represented. Red and blue. Like I I wasn't dead on that shit. Nigga be like, oh, you're in a red state. Yeah, there's a lot of buzz around this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> shit. Well, <laughs> That's what I think. I think he just, he had a brilliant point, but he brought about it and he fucked it up. If he would have made that point properly, and that's that's why I think, you know, I, I still don't take him running seriously. Because if you're serious, because jo- Donald Trump, <laughs> for real, Donald Trump has a campaign advisor. Everything that he says that is ignorant, everything that he says that is offensive to multiple races of groups, Every time he does that, we only focus on the fact that it's offensive and he's terrible. We don't focus on the fact that his core base loves him more. Every time he does that, his core base, his core electoral college, the core places that have fucked up the voting system and had the voting, the voting boxes fucked up and not even work, and your people ain't even on the ballot, all of those people are loving him for what they're loving this. It's empowering him. And, when Kanye, and when Kanye did the same shit, it was divisive. Mm-hmm. Nigga, you don't have a campaign manager. Even if you're going to say some dumb, dumb, wild, raucous shit and that's your approach, it's got to be strategic. It's got to be intelligent. <laughs> like, you wasn't trying to win these niggas' votes because I get the, I get his point. But nigga, you clearly ain't enough, articulate enough to effectively... Nigga, I made your point better than you. You damn so did. And I made your point better than you. For real. And the nigga got mad because he, he called a black... Chick on stage and ask questions. She got in his ass about gun reform. Motherfucker could down handle the shit. He kicked out the damn shit. Like, well, that's, that's Trump esque. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you ain't. He, he learned that from Trey. He got that move like, hey, I don't like what you're doing. You know what? You can fucking leave. But, yeah, you can fucking leave. But you got to be able to be like Obama and be able to effectively articulate because the, the goal right. is. If you're a good enough speaker, if you give someone a platform to have an intelligent conversation on the other side of the argument, they should, if they're trying, to be able to take something away from it. And that vice versa. 
he didn't. He fucked that all the way up. You don't have a real nigga, that, advisor. That, that point you made would have, nigga, that shit would have put him out of here. That would have been like a. That would have been his like. I feel like that would have been his defining moment. Nigga, they started letting start looking easy like Malcolm. <laughs> nigga, the Yeezy shoes would have went up, nigga. Yeezys would have been two racks and niggas would have been buying them, bro. This nigga is what? And that's nigga. going to the campaign, nigga. Yeezys buying for two racks. Hey, deal with Yeezy nigga. with about 500 of them. He would have got off. But when the nigga lost me at two, I was already lost after that. But when... <laughs> When the nigga said, he started crying because he said his pop wanted to abort him. That was fake tears. I didn't see any tears. But here's the thing, man. Like, and this is going to sound bad. I thought about this shit. Like, I don't I don't know why he's so upset about that. But I would understand because he was like, his pop said he was too busy. You know what I mean? And I thought about my pops. Now, my pops didn't believe in abortion, which is evident. The youngest of 10. And I came along after my next sibling is 12 years older than me. So you got to think, now you're having another, <laughs> another child. Like, I told Rain this story. I was walking one day with my pops, man, and we went somewhere, and the dude was like, oh, that's your son, too? Well, you need to put a cap on it. And I was like, my dad is wearing a hat. And he hit me in the mouth. Because he was like, don't be getting involved in grown folks' conversation. But I didn't understand what Buddy meant when he told him he needed to put a cap on it. But he was just saying, nigga, you got too many damn kids. I would understand if my dad found out I was coming along and was like, hell no. Like, <laughs> I'm in my late 50s. I, ain't, I don't want this shit. You know what I'm saying? But Kanye, like, the nigga just goes off on tangents, bro. Like... Now, did you see him the day he went on a tweeting tirade? He screenshotted text messages where he telling his mother-in-law, like, pull up. You go keep ignoring my calls. And he said Kim was sending the police to his ranch because they want to get him an intervention. Like, what the fuck, Yo, man? You know what? I think that we have a name for this episode. One thing I feel like is evident now, Kanye, if you have a, any fucking... Uh, Bat shit chance in hell of even making the ballot. You fucking need me to be your campaign manager. You damn so do. You clearly, you clearly need to get a nigga in there. You know what I'm saying? Help you articulate the shit that you you fumbling the ball, nigga. You at the one yard line, nigga. You at goal line, nigga, and you fumbling this bitch. You can't do that, bro. I don't even. I don't even know your politics. I just know your approach, your effort was just dumb. Like, let me help you. Let's, Kanye, let's, let's, have let's your people. Black Contact people are forgiving people. Yeah. yeah get your people to reach out to our people, a.k.a. the DM. But, uh, let <laughs> us. <letters, you> know? <laughs> oh, hey, man. So, I don't know why I was thinking the other day on some damn Mother Nature type shit. But anyway, I'm thinking, like, all of this time we've been saying, man, it's it's like, uh, light skin versus dark skin. Oh, that nigga acting light skin. Yes. But the whole time, man, I think we've been missing the point. I think it's more so tall versus short. And I say that because I started analyzing shit. It's a lot of short motherfuckers. I'm talking like 5'8 and lower, 5'9 and lower that have been doing a lot of shit. Think about it. You got niggas like 50, 
You got motherfucker like T.I. Now, and before we go on down the list, how the hell do you feel about Tory Lanez? Man, most, most rappers, but we talk about most rappers are short. Yeah, but, the, but how do you feel about that? Man, I was uh, following it loosely, got to tell you. I wasn't mm-hmm. keeping a tight rein on it. And then um, I, 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 I hear that, you know, she changed, you know, from the glass to Toy Lane Shotter and I didn't really get the facts. Like, I saw a lot of people just doing jokes and saying, oh, this is why it happened. This, and they kept just saying random dumb shit. But all I, so all I know about the situation is that he did, in fact, shoot her in the foot. And I heard, I, I don't I don't know the reason why. I don't know what the expectation was. But now that I know that, the first thing I thought um, about, because I was like, this is going to be a blow to your career. Like, and black people are forgiving. So... <laughs> Like I said, because, you know, we, there are R&B celebrities who, you know, we forgave. We for, we, for, we forgave like a decade of peeing on, peeing on underage girls. We forgave it. For real. Before before the shit hit the fan, that was decades later. We forgave, forgave slavery. We, we, <laughs> nigga, we forgave. We for, I'm talking about just music. We forgive R&B, young R&B stars beating the shit out of female R&B stars. Like, we forgive a lot of fucked up shit. A so lot I'm of thinking, and I'm like, Tory Lanez. First of all, I was like selfish because I'm working on an R&B mixtape. So now I'm like, can I even put this nigga on my shit now? <laughs> He's gonna supersede the music with some of this fucked up behavior. So I'm up in the air about that now. Now I might have to resequence the whole mixtape. So I'm thinking about it for selfish purposes. But either way, it goes. I think, especially what how arrogant. The persona of Tory Lanez is uh, how cocky, just young and cocky. I think that this is gonna it's it, it's it's just gonna depend on how he markets it, man. Because like some, some people are doing the jokes. You can't market that you shooting bitches. How the fuck you market that shit? Man, man, people market everything. They would. I mean, you take it back. Motherfuckers will take it back to the movie like Harlem Nights. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, but again, I don't know the why. Like I think it's, I think it's lame. I think it's let's let's throw it out there. Let's be direct. You know, that's lame as fuck to shoot shoot her and then shoot her in the foot. But you can market everything, bro. Like I can see, like if he was able to actually reconcile with her and they do a song together and then they do a Harlem Nice video, nigga, that'll be epic. You know what I'm saying? There's, and I guarantee you, look, 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 this is how it works. Dig me, feel me. There's a white person out there right now that's an A&R. There's a white person that's somewhere, somewhere in Illuminati land, right? There's a white guy who already see the target market for that. Like, imagine if he was able to do a song with Megan in the Harlem Nights video, and he like, where's your pinky toe? And he fake shooter in the pinky toe in the video. Niggas, Hater the Lover would be going crazy. That would shut down the internet. The song, the song, that would be the next Diamond song. The song would go Diamond. The song would go Diamond. There's a white person somewhere who already thought of this. I'm telling you, I ain't the first. I ain't, you know what I'm saying? So, like I said, it would take something, and that's just an extreme example, but he would have to really do something to kind of do, like Chris Brown got away with, with Michael Jackson. That was a perfect 
that that's when black women were like, okay, I love him again. He, you know, when Michael Jackson died and he was on the BET, I think the BET Awards, and he was dancing, and then he broke down in tears because it hurt him so bad that Michael's gone. You could literally hear black American women, you can hear the hearts go like, oh, like the girl I was sitting next to, or the, I think there was a couple people over there at times, she, oh, you heard it in the fucking, in the fucking, um, at the awards, like you can hear people in the in the audience, like, oh, and he just <laughs> after that. Now he got instantly tatted up. He the bad boy, and we loving you again, and you still making good music. You know what I'm saying? So black people are forgiving. It's just a matter of he gonna have to he gonna have to get some serious frame of game. You know what I'm saying? Once again, what? It's like you say that though. It sounds like a diss to the whole black race. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, black people are forgiving. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a diss and if it's a diss then I think we would have to take that means I'm just real enough for bringing up a, a problem in our culture you know and I think and now, I, people, people I, not I think part of the reason that we, we are forgiven is because so many people attack our people Every like I said everybody's dead or discredited every black hero celebrity they, they dead or discredited they do one or the other so uh, but, but call yourself check it out so you said you didn't know why with Tori and me I've been thinking about this shit, man. First off, Tory Lanez is a petite-ass nigga, yo. Yeah. 5'3", 120? He's smaller. So, my thing is, I feel like, man, you got Meg the Stallion, who really, a stallion is related to a male. Yeah, that's a male. You got Tory Lanez. But she is tall, isn't she? Isn't she like six? She's very tall. Yeah. But... You got Tory sitting here, and he's like, I'm not a stallion. She's known as a stallion, and I'm sitting here as a My Little Pony. He was not going for that shit, nigga. Now, imagine she's, she's sitting on the passenger side with her chair all reclined because she's six feet damn near. Her shit laid back. This nigga up on the steering wheel, like a grandmother, he can't even look to the right and look her out of eye. He got to turn all the way around, you know what I'm saying, looking at this bitch. And if she let off any kind of issue, like she wanted confrontation, this nigga already balling. He leaned up so he could hit the pedals. Was she he was in the front? Back. Yeah, he was driving. And she was in the back seat? She was in the passenger. Oh, passenger. Her okay. was in the back seat. Okay. Yeah. So... This nigga had too many damn shits going through his mind. And she said, she may have said one thing. He may have said, hey, where you want to eat at? She, I don't know. And he just flipped. You don't never know shit. Wow, wow. You know what I mean? Because he's still like laid back. Hey, does anybody, think, is there a formal reason? Is a reason been given for the shooting? Do, do we know this or no? There's that way. I, I know her manager had tweeted out, Tory Lane's counter days. <laughs> Who's like, uh, Meg's manager? Yeah, like that nigga that shot Meg, yo. You don't know fucking. Might do he, he might do some time. Yeah, nigga, you don't shoot Meg, nigga. He you don't do it. He might do some time. He, he might. Fuck like it. You know what I'm saying? But I think she holding it down like a G. She ain't saying shit. She might. I mean, he might have. She may have. Or she can make him his slave. That would be horrible. And like take like a. Uh, a certain legally a non-disclosure agreement with a, a hidden agreement, so he don't go to jail. But he has to surrender a certain percentage of his publishing to her, right? And now, um, she's, getting, and now she's getting paid off of 
all of the Tory Lanez music. So then guess what? She might do that song that we were just talking yeah. about that we thought was impossible a second ago, but now we've just conceivably thought of a way that that shit could go pop it. And she's making Tory Lanez money and her money off of the song, and it go diamond. But hey, thank, why you why you talk about a song? Your boy August Alcina dropped the old entanglement <laughs> song. We have to talk about with, the entanglement. With the big boss Ross. <laughs> what you think, man? <laughs> I haven't heard the song. Okay. Uh, and so that means that if um, if the song is fire, it has historically. First of all, I think it's a it's a, it's a bad look. I think it's fucked up. I think marketing and exploiting a situation while you're saying that you're not, you're clearly doing that. Uh, but here's here's my thing. Like, historically, this is not something I haven't done before. People have went, I believe, Usher with Confessions. I believe that album went five times platinum, if I'm mistaken. And we clearly know the relationship he was in at the time with the celebrity and most of the songs, whether directly related to her people associated, even somebody had a little with her, her with you know, yo, yo internet tripping, nigga. You can see, man, you coming in like every two, three words, man. I hold shit, Jesus. Let me um try to strengthen my signal here. I'm you in the area. I'm right here in the area with my motor, man. You know, so I'm trying to uh, get it right. But what I'm saying is that type of a song, I've heard a song like that before that has been successful and has made money. And the song is so hot, people just fuck with it. Uh, I The same way with Rick Ross, like with 50, because 50, 50 had an awesome record of ruining rappers' careers. You know? Right, and then when he went up against Rick Ross, pretty much the onslaught was in full effect. But the one thing Ross had going for him that was amazing is he made good quality music through that storm. Yeah, you kept making good quality music. Yeah. So, without hearing the song, I will say the so the song can have a potential to do something like that. It could be that if it's that infectious and that much of a hit, it can music can transcend any of those labels, right? So yeah. the song can do that with me not hearing it. I give it that possibility. I won't rule it out. But before hearing it, I say it's real fucked up. It's kind of suckerish. You clear now you're exploiting. I mean, at least Usher exploited a relationship that he was in with someone. But now you're exploiting a relationship with someone who technically this whole time was in wedlock. And wedlock, nigga. That's my that's my thing with the shit, nigga. Like suckers, nigga. I, I do music, but I ain't finna hop on and do no track about no bitch that I had no business fucking in the first place. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like I had no business doing some shit, and I'm gonna go make a song. Damn, I hadn't heard the song either. I saw the lyrics they say he put in there. And they was just talking about, I seen some of the feedback. They was like, the shit was lame, but Ross did his thing. But he, but August had put lyrics like, you know, she wanted from me what you couldn't give to her. I was breaking her back and 
somebody had a, a key to they 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 crib and they cars. And I'm like, man, at this point, as a man, we all gotta talk to this nigga. Like, listen, nigga, whatever you had, that's it. That's cool. Stop talking about the shit, else I'm gonna put hands on you. And I had a nigga was like, man, well, August, he from New Orleans. I don't think anything about August Alcina is sweet because I had been following August way before he came on the scene because somebody had put me on to him and he was rapping about that or talking about that street shit. I don't think nothing sweet with him. But again, that's another conversation for you dumbass niggas who think just because a nigga from a certain area that they just automatic tough guy. But anyway... Um, 50 Cent, 50 versus yeah, T.I. Yeah, but like, he was talking about is real. Yeah, but man, I say that to say, like, we'll need to have a real conversation with him. Like, bro, shut the fuck up. Now, you done said what you needed to say. You done bought some shit to the table. We talked about it. But now you want to go make a song. Now you, uh, and it goes back to what we always say niggas will do that shit to niggas they think they can. Yeah, you can't, I mean, and you can't. Will is so super connected. Will is so super socially relevant, and in terms of careers and overall impact, August Alcina's career will merely be a stain in comparison to Will Smith's. From if I mean, honestly, and this is some real shit that a lot of niggas won't want to believe or like when you think about it. But if if fucking August Alcina and Will Smith sat down and did a verses with hits. Will Smith would blow, like, that would be like throwing a fucking rocket launcher at a fucking cricket. (laughs) Seriously, nigga, when you take it back to just don't understand and summertime and how huge summertime still is to the the whole getting jiggy with it and the men in black. This nigga, this nigga made so many, broke so many records with selling records. They didn't even count him because he was an actor because this nigga would, would be number one in the movie. He would make the movie and do the first single on the soundtrack, and they both number one. Like this, right. this, this shit that people plus having a sitcom that you grew up with. We grew up a whole culture grew up watching Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and they still watch it. People still yeah. rival it. Like, is was, was this better than Martin? Was this better than you know? My daughter love that shit. Right, you know, and I think the best one that I grew up with all, of all time is In Living Color because that was just the bed of so much talent. You know, but that's another story. But like all and he still got number one movies. Like it's not like he fell off with them. Like he still like he recently the one where it was just two versions of him. I forgot the name of that shit. That was a good little movie. And it made a lot of money. And like what has August done career wise? Yeah, yeah, we're real real nigga. I don't question that. I'll give him that. Now in your career, what have you done? Let's talk about your hits. I love it. No, then you did a remix of it. Now, how many, how many other songs off the top of your head are you really just naming the August Alcinas? Right. Now, I and mean, we still name all the wheels. Uh, I mean, though, I, I'm an August fan now. Like, I ain't heard his new shit like that, but his old shit, I'm talking about that hood shit, that shit, like, that downtown shit yeah. that nigga had. Yeah, that was it with Kato. That shit with Currency. Yeah, with that shit he had with Currency. Like, he had some hits, nigga, yeah, he did, but he did. not on no real level. No. 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 He had a good album. He had a good album. He's a real yeah. nigga with a good album. You can't take away from that. When you throw that up against Will Smith, 
even if you just said, let's leave out all the acting all together and just do music to music, his career still ain't shit compared to Will. So I think you should definitely stand down because now what you're doing to me is more like cooning because this is one of the few people, like, like LeBron James. These are people that if you try to assassinate their character, it's not a whole lot. You could, These are good dudes. They ain't doing a whole lot. Right. And so I would... I'm more used to seeing a black a black person being tarnished like that by a white person. So for you to try to tarnish your legacy like that from the, from the top, I think you're suckerish. And if Pimp C was here, he would want to take his belt off and whoop your ass. Right. Well, so last topic here we got. Damn. So we know Nick Cannon got fired. So Charles Barkley went and said that. Uh, he was like, hey, he called him out. He was like, uh, Steven Jackson, uh, Deshaun Jackson, what is wrong with y'all? Like, we can't do this. As as black people, we can't be prejudiced because we're wanting equality, so we can't be prejudiced towards other people. And I know we've talked about it before, um, That's but I think, true. damn, sometimes that people have really uh, – Accused Charles Barkley of Coon and him and Stephen A. But do do you think black people can be prejudiced? One and two, do they have the right to be prejudiced? Um, I think yes and yes, but I think that even with the answer being yes, yes, you're being counterproductive to the, the to the greater good. You you overall. If you feel like you have a right to be hypersensitive and prejudiced, you have to understand, because this is effective communication, right? You have to understand the worldview of a white person who is out their life. Even Let's say this person has never been racist, which is the case for a lot of white people. They're not racist. They've never did anything wrong personally to any person of any color or creed. And now they have a point that is <coughs> valid but because of the state of the times, not because their point in a one-on-one point invalid, because of the times, you got somebody now black that's like, fuck that, I don't even need to hear that shit. Like, you can't expect effective communication with someone trying to resolve something. And, and, do, and, and do black people have a right to feel that way? After not having a voice and being frustrated for decades, I think that I would like for people of any culture, including black people, to understand if you don't have the ability to articulate your pain or your pain points and you're being subjected to so much with adverse schooling, adverse opportunities to even purchase a home, you know, like there was zero ways for, for black people to gain equity for so many hundreds of years that now you got a level of frustration that's amazing. It's a sensational level of anger. Like you got to keep that in mind. But Black people, if you want to be successful at communicating, you can't communicate that way. And I was watching a clip. It was it was like Geraldo Rivera and Minister Louis Farrakhan was on there. And I got to tell you, you know, I'm I'm not just a proponent of Louis Farrakhan in any way, but he was extremely intelligent and highly articulate on that show. And one of the things that he said is that because one person said, I feel like you're speaking about hating white people i feel like you if you had the chance would do something negative to white people and he said what you have to understand is that fear that you have is a result 
of a reflection of how you assess your history. You said if, he said if you go back in history, you don't have documented times where black people have just went out and went and made historical attacks on white people. You have several, several, you know, hundreds of examples where white people have done that to us. So because you have subjected us to that, you have subjected us to that level of degradation and slavery. Now you fear inherently that if we were given an equal platform or the opportunity that we would do the same thing to you. And the fact is, black people wouldn't. That's honestly how I feel. If black people had their own freedoms and their own ability to generate income, sustain income, to educate themselves, if, if these opportunities were prevalent, when black people got it, they wouldn't be able to, if they were economically equal eye with white people, just per United States, per capita. Black people ain't gonna turn around and be like, let's go get these white motherfuckers. These niggas for the party. These niggas for the celebrate. These niggas finna continue to build and cultivate. Niggas are gonna really live and exemplify that whole thing of I stay in my lane. Like that grown man shit. Niggas ain't gonna be like, let's go get these motherfuckers. Niggas are gonna be like, we here. Like, but <laughs> but we y'all, y'all agreeing with what Charles Barkley said. Wouldn't that pretty much go hand in hand with your statement that black people are forgiven? Because I feel like if black people are being racist towards the people who are being prejudiced and racist towards us, like, why do we have to be the ones who always the bigger person, be forgiven? Yeah, because like, we are the we are the we are the first. You know, that would be my answer to that. We are the before there was any other culture or creed or any color, it it was black. And the only way that you're gonna eradicate hate is not you're not gonna be able to just match it with another layer of hate. I just don't feel like that's going to be the win. And one thing, I, black people are forgiving in the market in that place, but here's where hate comes into the prison with black people. And this is just me, so you may disagree. A lot of people, you, I mean, our listeners, and of course, if you do, I don't give a fuck. But <laughs> black people, when it comes to, to hate specifically, when it comes to anger, if they see someone who's at a point where they're looking beyond first layers of, you know, a reaction. If they're looking to the next level, okay, here's the phase of communication. Here's the phase of action and implementation. The people who are in that first stage, they always ridicule people who are in those other stages. They say you're cooning. They say you're an Uncle Tom. Or they say you're trying to get some money and exploit this situation yourself, i.e. Jay-Z in the NFL. Right. That's what people, that's what we do in our race. Like, we don't applaud or we don't even, if you're in that phase of hate, we don't even have that level of, of, of patience to effectively listen too often. Like, it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be frustrated. But if you to the point, and you've seen clips of it at the riots when they show like a black cop who's, who's talking and it's like some real shit and they like actually show that one clip for a moment. There's somebody in the background that's still still yelling to the top of her lungs at him, still screaming like she is so hurt and angry and the anger is so displaced. She can't effectively communicate one thing. She can't effectively communicate one point that she may believe and may be right. Like that level of hate, when you have it, it's hard for us as a culture to accept the fact like, okay, somebody has to put something in action. Somebody needs to like... Like, black people be like, oh, these motherfuckers actually trying to talk to the police. You a bitch for that. At some point, right, if we want some type of level of 
effective communication, some some type of communication has to happen. And someone black is going to have to facilitate that because what has happened before is white people were facilitating that to other white people about how they were going to impact black people. You want a black person to now be in that conversation. So black people ridicule that person that does that, not the people who are at the, the angry face. We do that, even though we're forgiven. But that's now we're talking about singers and rappers and motherfuckers who saying get fucked up and get put. I love it. Drunk. I love it. I they're love it. That. But somebody for for politics, they're not. They're not as forgiving. They're not as forgiving to Barack Obama. They're not as forgiving to, to Jesse. J- you know any of these motherfuckers in politics that are black figures. You it's it's harder. You know it's even pastors. These motherfuckers get discredited easy breezy. I'm I'm skeptical of pastors because because of my worldview and what just happened to me in my life. It's different when you're an entertainer and how forgiving you are in entertainment than the level of accountability you hold towards somebody in, in, in politics or in business. You know, we hypocritical like that. We all I got to say is, if you say it, stand on it. That's the only thing I don't agree with. Nick, recant it. Like, nah, nigga, stand on that shit. Because that's what they, that's what they going to get used to. Uh, they just talking. They're just having wild talk. You know what I'm but, <laughs> they take all niggas crazy anyway. Here's what here's what I think about that Nick Cannon and recant and recant. I think it's the exact same thing as we were talking about that scenario. And I don't know because I don't know Nick. I don't know exactly what he said. And I don't know exactly what he recanted because I didn't read all of the shit specifically. But I do know is I'm wondering for him to recant, and we all feel like I personally feel like he believed what he initially said. Um what would he have to be subjected to that would now make him recant? Or, and now my question is, like we were talking about, it wouldn't be enough to impact me. It might be the other people that are around him. And right. I, is, do, I, do I think it was the right decision? No. But I'm way on the outside looking in from, from my vantage point. And I, but I would understand that that might be a perspective point, right? Because I just named a whole scenario. It would be a whole lot of tragic events. But it, I named a scenario where I could foresee myself doing something that in my life I said I'd never do, and that's promenade around in a, in a dress on TV, you know. But I named a scenario where it made it became more realistic to make me think about it. You feel me? So maybe it's that type of a thing with with uh, Nick Cannon. Uh, but at any rate, you can still make a drum line too, brother. <laughs> right. <laughs> drum hey line. man, that's been it, man. Okay, well then that's been it. This was uh this was virtual. This was crazy. This was uh super fun though. I, I, I think I enjoyed it. I think our listeners will understand that, you know, even though we were in adverse circumstances, we still came up with a quality uh quality level of content. Uh, and if you don't feel that way, you can you can comment and, and say why you feel that way and we'll articulate it effectively because we wanna communicate with you and non plan. We'll say fuck you, but <laughs> It, it is what it is, man. We do enjoy and embrace all feedback. But reach out to us and the platform to do it on uh, IG and uh, Facebook is I Say Podcast, all one word. You can email us at I Say Podcast at gmail.com with any uh, topics and music submissions. Still want more music submissions. Uh, it's getting dry. I ain't lying. It's getting dry. Uh, send those to book, B O O K, DJ Rain, R A I N, at gmail.com. Shot the Merv Bow in the gym on the virtual side uh, this week. Uh, is the real truth. And oh yeah, it is. Um, my whip is ready. You can get your car started and head this way. I need a ride. 
Uh, and this is uh, DJ Rain signing out saying, we will see ya. Yeah. Uh. <laughs>